Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Um, and this, this, this is the first Sunday in June. How about that? It's the first Sunday in June. We have experienced May, uh, our, our grace month. And um, truly, it was grace on that month. There are some things that we all know about. There are some things that we all don't know about, but I know about. But just know that, that indeed May was a grace month. Um, but we are now at the halfway mark of the year 2020, which is crazy to say. Surely, it seems that we were just in here in our, what, uh, metallic and black and everything, and we were bringing in this new year, and now uh, half of the year has already happened, but the good news is that there is another half ahead of us, amen? Um, and so this is uh, the month of June, and um, I was looking at the number six. The number six, uh, biblically, you know, is not a really pretty number in the Bible with a lot of um, exciting spiritual significance, if you will. Um, but it does have relation to man's imperfection. Uh, the number six has relation to man's imperfection. And when I found that out, it excited me because I believe that this month uh, uh, will be a month where our imperfection will give way to God's demonstration of his perfection in our lives. Are you all right with that? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I believe, therefore, that this month be a month of God slapping his super on your natural. I believe uh, that in this month, uh, God's strength literally can be made perfect in your weakness. This means that he's going to get glory out of this month. Anybody all right with that? Um, that means that most, most of us who have been feeling weak, we're going to get renewed strength in June. Are y'all all right with that? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that we will see Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord or those who wait on the Lord, uh, he will renew their strength. Can anybody use some renewed strength? Uh, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And so I declare and I decree that just as we have been graced uh, for the first half of the year and we made it through and if there ever was a reason to give God glory and build an altar for making it through half of a year it was in 2020 how about that there is a grace and even a greater grace that lies on the second half of this year you can't tell me any different amen since we're here let me remind you of a few things Amos 9:13. this is still the Amos 9:13 year yes indeed it won't be long now God's decree that things are going to happen so fast your head will swim one thing on the heels of the other you won't be able to keep up everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look 
Blessings. Come on, y'all. Somebody say blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off of the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. They, they'll rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says so. And so the grace has not lifted. Amen? The grace has not lifted. No matter if the stay-at-home order is lifted or not, or, you know, it's, it's lifted from Maryland but not PG County. I don't know. No matter if we're on level one or two or skip a few, the grace has not been lifted. The grace is not lifted, and we are still coming for everything that 2020 has for us. In fact, those things are coming for us. Hallelujah. Anybody all right with the chase down in the latter half of 2020? And I declare and I decree double for your trouble. <laughs> I'm not messing with y'all today. Amen. And so before we officially get started, I wanted to share a word with you that HS shared with me. Holy Spirit, and it got me together, so I figured y'all might as well join in on this thing. Um, he said this, and it's noteworthy for sure. Are you giving God your best, or are you giving him your rest? Okay? Are you giving God your best, or are you giving him your rest? Your rest as in your remainder. Everybody with me? You know... Are you giving him, he said to me, are, are you giving God your best or are you giving him your rest? You know, the remainder, the remainder of your time. The remainder of your energy. Once you've, you know, expended it on everything else that you wanted to do or, or felt like you needed to do. You know, whatever is left of your finances. And whatever you can squeeze in when it comes to him. Are our lives Christocentric? Is, is, is Christ in the center in that we work things around Christ? Or do we tell Christ to fit in somewhere around things? Okay? Do, do, do we give people our full attention and talk and vibe with our friends and then fall asleep? Or drift off when we decide to talk to him. Uh, th this may not be for everybody, but this is, if this is coming up your street, and if this is knocking on your door, let it in. This is one of the ones that you let in. And so HS was speaking to me about prioritization. Um, is God first, or is he the first thing to be, be listed in our lives? And so scripture tells us in Mark the eighth chapter, verse number 36, uh, the New King James Version says, For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Uh, in the NLT version, that same scripture says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. And then verse 37 uh, poses a defining question. It says, is anything worth more than your soul? Think about that. Is anything worth 
more than your soul? What have you by your actions? What, what have I by my actions? What have we by our actions? We can say, we can sing it, but by our actions, what are we saying is worth more to us than the God of our souls? And so I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you in all of your prioritizing, prioritize God. Get in the habit of giving him your best and not your rest. And keep in mind that only what you do for Christ shall last. Isn't that a good halftime reminder? Amen. And so that was just, you know, something to get our palates ready, an appetizer of sorts. And now we move on to the main situation, and that is dealing with what? Disappointment. Part what? Part two, all right? Dealing with disappointment part number two. Part one was a blessing, and I'm excited about what God will do through part two. Uh, Isaiah 55, uh, 8 through 9. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9. Have your way, Lord. The King James Version of it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. NLT says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The message, the message says this. It says, I don't think the way you think. <laughs> The way you work isn't the way I work, God's decree. Somebody say God's decree. God's decree. Dealing with disappointment part two. And so we, we, uh, we're in awe of God and we marvel at God as we see how he set things up with Bishop's word of uh, encouraging yourself, you know, um, encouraging yourself. And so we marvel at how systematic God is. Uh, you know, kingdom is a system and faith is a system. We serve a systematic God and he's very strategic. And he was strategic as we already talked about in the words that he gave us preparing for this season that we're in. He's strategic even now in the way that he set up this series uh, by giving us that word on encouraging yourself. And so we found that it's the perfect setup because discouragement and disappointment have a strong connection. Y'all remember that? If you're joining us for the first time and you didn't get a chance to see part one, um, this is the recap. Make sure that you have this written down, that discouragement and disappointment have a strong connection. All right. Disappointment is the thing that leads to discouragement. Mm -hmm. 
Disappointment is the thing that leads to discouragement. And so in Bishop's uh, sermon of encouraging yourself, and, and even in the Bible study that we had that Wednesday following, we saw how David in 1 Samuel, we know that David was discouraged. The scripture says, you know, that he was, he was greatly distressed, he was discouraged. But if we take a look uh, at some um, contextual consideration, if you will, if we take a look into the previous uh, part of the text and we look at the series of events that transpired leading up to his discouragement, we will see that before David was discouraged, David was what? Disappointed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was disappointed. He was disappointed with how things uh, went with the Amalekites is what we talked about. Not only that, but he was disappointed by more than that. He was disappointed by uh, what, what he found when he came to Ziglag, and he was disappointed at how his men uh, turned against him. There were a few things that he was disappointed about, and that is what led to him being in the place of discouragement. And so we begin to examine our own lives and we see areas that we're discouraged in and things that we're discouraged about and we see that uh, the reason we are experiencing discouragement in that area of our lives is because before that discouragement came and set in, before that discouragement was experienced, something that disappointed us happened in that same area. Somebody say dealing with disappointment. Okay. And so at this time, we're going to take a look at the pyramid of disappointment. Y'all remember that? Now, I'm not going to get my Picasso on today. You know, if I did that twice in two weeks, I would have to charge you. <laughs> and so we have the help of, uh, you know, technology, which is uh, showing us this pyramid of disappointment. And so if you take a look at it, we see at the top of this pyramid, the very top, is that of disappointment because disappointment is indeed the root, all right? So it's the root to the things that we will see following. So after disappointment, we have what? Discouragement. After discouragement, what do we have? Disillusionment. After disillusionment, what do we have? Depression, all right, we know about that one. After depression, what do we have? Defeat, all right? So this is the pyramid of disappointment. So we don't, we don't start at depression. We don't, we don't start, you know, just like one day something happens and the next day we're defeated. No, there is this progression, and the progression is outlined here on the pyramid of disappointment. Um, you can go ahead and, and, and save this. This is uh, on the page. So after, after the sermon, save this so that you can have a visual of uh, the downward spiral that you don't want to identify with, just so that you can, you know, you can catch it before it progresses. Um, so we have, again, um, uh, this downward spiral that leads with disappointment, and it ends with defeat. Disappointment is the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. 
Anybody know anything about expectations? Yeah. And then discouragement, a loss of confidence or enthusiasm, dispiritedness, okay? You were, you know, uh, excited about it, but you, you've lost that. You've lost your enthusiasm. You've lost your confidence about that thing. You're discouraged. Then we have disillusionment, a feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be. So remember on this one, we talked about how the enemy really wants you to get here. Because if you can get here, then he'll try to use what you've experienced to make you think that God is not good as he said he is. Okay? And so that is a lie. That is a lie. Um, um, and, and, and so if you come into agreement, though, with that lie, then you have no choice but now to go into this state of depression um, because you feel uh, severe despondency and dejection. And then once you get there, you're now in the place of defeat. And you are living the lie that you lose. Okay? So during this series, we are on a journey to unpack disappointment. Disappointment is worth being unpacked because it is essentially the root. It's the root. It's the root of discouragement uh, and its cousins is what I call them, delusionment, depression, and defeat. Disappointment is essentially, upon examination, the root to a lot of what we might be dealing with right now in this season of our lives, and that's why this is relevant, uh, or for some of us, dealing with again. Can I talk about again? <laughs> huh? Can I talk about again this morning? <clears throat> Isn't it the worst? When you thought you were over something, you thought it wasn't gonna disappoint you anymore, and here we are again. <laughs> Here we are finding ourselves in that place again. You know, the place that you said that you weren't going to go anymore. And it's because you haven't truly identified the root of that disappointment. And when you haven't identified the root of a thing, it is impossible to identify its triggers, okay, uh, which are essentially its branches, if you will. So, so you're saying that I will not get disappointed by this thing again, but you don't even know why that thing has disappointed you. And so how do you know it won't happen again? A trigger, you all, is a prompt. That's worth writing down. A trigger is a prompt. What prompts something to happen? Things don't just happen. A trigger is a prompt. There are triggers that are associated with disappointment. But if you don't look at the root, the why of disappointment, then you certainly won't be able to identify the triggers. Everybody with me? If you don't know why the thing disappointed me, then I certainly won't be able to say, oh, yeah, that, 
that thing. I, I know that thing is going to prompt me, meaning it's going to cause or bring about an action or a feeling that's going to induce, it's going to dispose, it's going to encourage or incline me to end up right back where I said I wasn't going to be. And so in this series, again, we're going a little deeper. We have to. We have to if we want to affect real change. We have to probe master's program, WOPBI. And so we're getting a little uncomfortable uh, because we're shining a light on some places that we normally don't shine light on. We're allowing ourselves to step outside of our comfort zones and even our normal realms of thinking and of processing and of receiving information and of identifying triggers and roots to wrap our minds around some truths like that of the fact that some forms of disappointment being experienced as a child lead to or is the cause of some discouragement and defeat that you're dealing with now as an adult or a young adult. And the sad part about this thing is that some people around you who have nothing to do with what you experience are suffering because of the fact that you have disappointment that is undealt with. And so now these triggers are not able to be identified. And in some ways, that means that you are out of control. Okay? Why? Somebody say why. Why? Why am I disappointed? Why, why is this thing disappointing me like this? Why am I disappointed? Because you didn't give me a nickname. And I watched you give other people a nickname, but, but you didn't give me one. And back in third grade, somebody I wanted to be friends with didn't give me a nickname either. And I knew they didn't like me because everyone they liked and all of their friends got nicknames. <laughs> so I'm disappointed because I am triggered and prompted to think that you don't like me. Reality, the person and they're giving a shortened name does not have the direct correlation of endearment and friendship that you experienced in third grade, sweetheart, my brother. Mama. Listen, and, and so, so you're, you're disappointed because you're holding them hostage to a truth that only checks in and registers within you. And so we got to be careful, y'all, with this terminology that we adapt uh, your truth. I know you've heard that, you know, your truth. You got to be careful with that one. Because what if I told you that the truth isn't yours? <laughs> what if I told you that there is a truth? There, there's not multiple truths. There's multiple experiences. There's multiple perspectives. But there's only one truth. And so we have to be careful with that because you could be seeing through the filter of your truth and your truth could be jacked up and causing you to see things wrong. Yeah? And so you may have your different view of the truth, but there's only one truth. Amen. As believers, we know he is the truth, right? 
the way, the truth, the light. And so George Floyd, he was murdered. He was executed. He was forced to experience a slow and painful death. That's the truth, right? If somebody sees it differently, that doesn't mean that now there's another version of the truth. No, 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 no. No, no, no. They, they, if somebody sees that differently, then they're seeing it wrong. And so I'm careful to label that as their truth. There's only one truth. I'm sorry. I, I might have burst some bubbles, but that's okay. Y'all know I don't care as long as I'm in the will of God. Uh, that's just their perspective. And even with you, there are some things that are plain as day. They're rooted in truth. But because you are seeing from a dirty lens, you're not seeing what you actually should be seeing. But you cannot beg to call that a form of truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so we have to make sure that we are not just living out of our perspective, but we've got to search for the truth. Amen? Because I think, I think... Uh, that 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 they don't do it like me, you know. When when they don't do it like me, then they're disrespecting me. They must not believe in how I do it. They must not believe in me. They must think I'm wrong for how I do it. When really the way that they do it has nothing to do with you. They didn't they didn't even think that far. It's just that you're a powerful choleric and they're a peaceful phlegmatic and a lot of what you do is going to be different simply because of their inborn temperament and not because of having an indifference as it pertains to you. And that's the truth. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's the truth. And so we 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 we've got to be careful to know that we may be seeing through the dirty lens of disappointment which can cause us to see things all wrong. When you see through the dirty lens of disappointment, then you, you oftentimes begin to see very selfishly. You know, everything has to do with you. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody triggers you. When there is a common denominator, at some point we have to see that it's not everybody. You have to be real with yourself. That it's not everybody. Let me stop it with the blame game. I'll be right back, everybody. I need to get with God to see the root of this disappointment. After this series, some people are going to owe people an apology because you're going to realize that you've been dealing with your spouse and you've been dealing with your friends and you've been dealing, some of you, with your, your children from the dirty lens of disappointment that they have nothing to do with. Some of us have been dealing with God through that same dirty lens. And so the etymology of the word disappoint, we didn't go there. I normally go there on part one, but it's okay. We're going to go ahead and go there a little bit now, looking at the breakdown and the history of uh, the word. Um, this word, disappoint, um, you know, it is a two-part word. It does have a root, <laughs> and it also has uh, this prefix here, dis, uh, D-I-S. And so um, this, this prefix, dis, uh, it means expressing negation. It means uh, denoting uh, 
reversal, okay? And the word appoint means assign, opt, or choose, okay? So, so disappoint, disappoint, disappoint. The truth of the matter is a lot of us are dealing with discouragement because we have disappointed or we have done a reversal as it pertains to where our expectations should be regarding some people, some places, and some things. But this is the etymology of the word, and I come to remind you of something very important that we talked about last week, and that's that disappointment is not a sin. Somebody say disappointment is not a sin. Disappointment is a part of the human experience, you guys, and that is for the believer, that's for the unbeliever, uh, and the Bible, again, is full of examples of disappointment. Um, and so we took a look at that. We took a look at how that further proves that even in the life of a believer, um, we are going to deal with disappointment. So if you're dealing with it, don't feel bad about it. Welcome to the club. It doesn't mean that you're unsaved. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. It's not uncommon. It's not weird. And you are not alone. Uh, but we all have dealt with, are dealing with, or will deal with a level of disappointment, even, and dare I say, especially as Christians. Okay? And so I had an honest and transparent moment on last week where I told you that I was disappointed uh, in myself for uh, not reaching some of the goals that I set for myself last week. And uh, it was some goals I had for working out. It was some goals I had for reading uh, in a book, and those goals were not attained. And so when I look at my list of things to do and my goals that were set but not met, I became disappointed. And so that led me to do some soul searching because I had to find out how I got here and why I got here why I landed in this place of disappointment. And so the first step in addressing and unpacking disappointment is discovering the root of our disappointment. Remember, I gave you a formula. You know, I was in the, the teacher zone, the teacher mode, and y'all gave me the whiteboard up here. And so I told you, uh, as your, 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 your Holy Ghost math teacher for the day, I told you that the square root of disappointment is what? Why? Mm-hmm. We've got to solve for why. W-H-Y. The square root of disappointment is why. The root of disappointment is the why. Why am I disappointed by this? Am I disappointed about something I have control over? Or am I disappointed in something that is outside of my control? Okay, I'm going to say that again. Am I disappointed in something that I have control over? Or am I disappointed in something that is outside of my control? It's important that we figure uh, the difference out. And so right now we are revisiting the circle of control. So we'll go ahead and put that up um, so that you can see it. The circle of control. It's amazing because uh, a Facebook memory let me know that it was around this time last year uh, that we were overcoming control, okay? And so during the series on overcoming control, uh, we were presented with this visual, which has now been uh, made to aesthetically fit this series. It is something else that will be posted later today. 
so that you can save it and keep that reminder that uh, there are some things that are within our control and then there are some things that are outside of our control. And so this circle of control, it helps you to separate those things. It says, okay, let me pause and let me look at this situation. Let me look at this disappointment that I've experienced. Okay, I did not, uh, you know, I, I did not exercise as much as I thought. Okay, I, I did not read as many chapters as I wanted to. Okay, why? Why didn't it happen? And what about it not happening was at the hands of me? And what about it not happening was at the hands of something beyond me, okay? Because one thing we've got to learn how to do, we've got to learn how to own our stuff, okay? We, we, listen, it's not everybody else. Sometimes it's, it's somebody else, but even in that, we have to be able to say, okay, I can't control them, but about what I can control. And so we look at, okay, what about this can I control? What about this can't I control? So that we can properly place our strategy so that I can say, okay, so the reason that I didn't exercise like I thought is because on this day and on this day, I ended up having to have some sort of ministry thing come up. Okay, all right, I couldn't really control that. Okay, the reason I didn't read is because I was supposed to read this morning, but I didn't get up early enough. Uh-oh. Okay, sounds like I need to own something. All right, why didn't I get up early enough? Because I didn't go to bed early. Oh, okay, okay. So that, oh, why didn't I go to bed early enough? Because I was scrolling Instagram. Oh, my goodness. Here we are. We found something that we can control. And so now I put that on the inside. All right? Now, the, the ministry moments, the things that where I thought I was going to be able to do something, but I ended up doing something for other people, which is my job, which I love, that goes on the outside because I, I didn't expect that. I couldn't control that. And so... Even, let's, let's switch it up. If, if somebody did something, if somebody, if somebody triggered me, guess what? I can't control that. I can't control triggers. I can control what it is that I do with them once they get thrown at me, but I can't live a life where I'm in this shield and in this bubble and nothing is going to trigger me. Nah, mm -mm, that we can't do that. And so now I'm saying, okay, so I've been triggered by this person. I, 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 I've been triggered, maybe not by a person, I've been triggered by something that came on TV. <laughs> I can't control the commercials. So this means that this has to go on the outside because it's something that I can't control. And what we must know is that, you guys, once we begin to do this about situations, we have to get with God um, because the things on the inside of the circle, we get with God for strategy to fix it. And the things on the outside of the circle, we get with God for help to let it go. Amen? Yeah, somebody say let it go. Let it go, let it go. And so a lot of times where we go crazy is we look at the things on the outside of the circle as things that are fixable. Those things, don't you, don't you dare try to fix them. You fix what's within your control. Those things may be happening. But if I can't control those things, God, please don't let me, don't, don't let me allow for those things to control me. Amen? So I need to know what to fix. Then I need to know what to let go. Okay? This is our circle of control. We will be using and, and visiting this circle of control during this series. This is the second image that I'm giving you as it pertains to uh, dealing with disappointment. Use it and um, allow yourself to... 
have a moment to evaluate why this disappointed me, uh, what about it is within my control, and what about it is outside of my control, okay? Um, last week, another thing we talked about is uh, the realization. I've come to the realization that one of the biggest conduits of disappointment is our nature to take what God said about a thing and attach it to our own time expectation regarding it, all right? So there are different things that disappoint us. Uh, we have situations that we'll talk about involving people. But we've got to be honest that a lot of us, we deal with disappointment regarding God, okay? And so we become disappointed with God, um, and, and our prayer life, like I said, is affected. Our worship is not for real. We're not really spending quality time with him anymore because we have gotten our feelings hurt, and we have allowed uh, for the disappointing of expectations to set in within ourselves and to now affect our view of God and his goodness. And so we allow for an expectation that we set internally to shape and to intrude upon our life spiritually. And so remember, the enemy wants your disappointment to lead to distraction, okay? You should have that in your notes. The enemy wants your disappointment to lead to distraction so that you can further dive into the rabbit hole of questioning God, losing faith, and ending up like the children of Israel, just wandering in the wilderness, just, you know, just wandering, existing. Remember, we talked about existing a few weeks ago in Bible study, just existing, uh, you know, knowing something about God's provision, but never seeing the manifestation of his promise. The enemy is okay with you doing that, and he wants you to do that, but God doesn't. And so, what I've realized and what I, I highlighted about the promises of God is that if you look throughout Scripture and you take a careful look at biblical stories and things like that and look at the promises of God, you see that often they don't come with manifestation dates, okay? So a lot of us, this is, this is where it happens, and this goes on the inside of the circle, that God, you said this, but... When you said this, I, I kind of sort of really saw it fitting right here, right in, in this, you know, between this. I'm giving you about two years span, God. That's, you know, that's 365 times two. That should be more than enough time for what you said to happen if it's perfectly in my plan right here, okay? And so then when right here happens and when 365 times two goes on and then even times three goes on, hold up, God. I thought you said. And so now, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're in this place where we're disappointed. Then we become discouraged thinking that it'll never happen because it didn't happen when we thought it was going to happen. And so we have to be very careful because we have to see, okay, God, what about this did you say? And then to be honest, what about this did I say? You know, we're good at mixing that thing. You know, and so a lot of what we hear from God or are expecting from God is not something that we made up. And the enemy will even try to get you, especially in that disillusionment area, get you to think that you didn't really hear God, that, that, that you've been hoping for something that's never going to happen. But that's not the case. But are we allowing God to be God in regards to timing? Okay.
All right, I'm trying to help somebody. And so the way that we operate outside of the spiritual, we're used to uh, things according to time. We talked about that, expiration dates. When does this expire? You know, we're used to schedules. When does this start? We're used to meetings and meeting times. Uh, and so it's funny because a lot of us who put God on these strategic times, we act like we can't get nowhere on time, but we expect for God to be on time even when it comes to our time that we're not on time about. <laughs> but anyway, that's here and there. And so we have goal dates and we have targets and we have, you know, planners and calendars. And, and so God says that, listen, 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 my time. Don't you know the scripture? It's not your time. My ways, don't, don't you know? They're not your ways. My thoughts are, 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 are not even your thoughts. And, and to me, a day uh, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. And so 2 Peter 3, 9 uh, is the scripture that was given. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Don't you know that God loves you? Does anybody really believe that? Don't, do you really believe that God, your father, the creator of the universe, who, who released you into this world at the very uh, moment that he did, in this dispensation of time, that God, your loving father, do you believe that he loves you? If you believe that he loves you, then you've got to believe that the things that he's doing as it pertains to you, even if it's not according to your timeline or the, or the way that you thought it was going to be done, he's being patient for your sake. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we took contextual consideration into mind because it's talking about the coming of Christ here. But we know that God is consistent in character. And this is a prime example of the character of God. And so the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Some of, some of us need to go to you version and make a, 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 a scripture image and everything and put that as, as the lock screen on our phone to be reminded that the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Listen, if God said it, he will do it. That's it. If God said it, he will do it. Listen, if God said it, he will do it. And he'll do it in his time. Amen? And so one of the things that I want to talk about today, did, kinda, did things a little differently today, uh, introduce some new things as we flow. But one thing that I want to talk about is uh, the antidote for disappointment. Y'all, it's something that we've heard of. It's something that is not as deep as we may think, but it's more powerful than we could ever imagine. And the antidote to disappointment, the thing that will help fight against disappointment, the thing that will help us to mentally and, and spiritually and emotionally destroy disappointment and not invite it into our door is to drive it out by something called thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, write that down. Thanksgiving is the antidote to disappointment. And I'm going to, uh, you know, give you this weapon here. It's the weapon that we use to combat disappointment. It is thanksgiving. Let me tell you, this thing really, really works, all right? 
So we know that the scripture says, in everything, in everything, you have to watch the wording here because you'll say in everything, yeah, in everything, not due to everything or because of everything, or, but in everything, the scripture says, give thanks. That's 1 Thessalonians 5. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In something working my way, give thanks, okay? In something not working my way, give thanks, okay? In something triggering me, still give thanks, okay? In something not triggering me, still, in everything, everything means everything, just like all means all. Everything means everything. And the scripture says, in everything, give thanks. And I'm here to tell you that even in those low moments, even, you know, when the enemy is trying to get you to spiral down into that triangle, you know what I'm saying, of, of disappointment and ending off, even in those moments, if you can pull yourself up enough to reach a place of thanksgiving, not because of what's going on, but in spite of what's going on, I'm here to tell you that it will be very difficult to be defeated. It will be very difficult to, you know, wallow in a state of depression. It will be very difficult to not see through a clear lens and to be in a place of disillusionment. It will be very difficult to be discouraged, and it will be impossible to be disappointed. Somebody shout Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And so, and so I even use this as it pertains to the example that I was giving you in regards to my, uh, you know, goals for last week. I took a moment and I said, wait a minute. Okay. Now, now, now here I am just being so disappointed about the fact that I did not work out as many times as I had planned to that I overlooked the fact that last week I ran for the first time in months. You see? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's Thanksgiving. That's, that's a shift of perspective that, that, that me being proud of myself and excited and thankful about the fact that I ran around the neighborhood for the first time in months, it was lost in my world of disappointment. Imagine, imagine all of the things that God is doing, even the things that you are doing that you should be proud of that are being lost in your world of disappointment. Listen, listen, there, there was something good even in that, and so I give thanks. And so this is what happens. Let me see that real quick. I want to show you guys what happens. Thank you. When, when we, when we, Dump our heads into disappointment because that's that's something that we do. Listen, I need some uh, volunteers. Let me see that tape real quick. I'm gonna give you a visual of this thing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I need for three people. Okay. Okay. So we got Sister Goodness here, and then let's see. So what I'm going to need y'all to do actually is
So this is what happens. This is the visual here. Y'all know I'm visual, so if you're visual, this is going to help you. So what the enemy does and what we often, the trap that we often fall into is that we literally dig our heads in our disappointment. When I tell you I was digging my head so deep in the disappointment that I did not see the goodness, all right? I, I'm going to say it again. I was digging my head so deep in the disappointment that I was missing out on all the goodness that was around me. Yes, what was disappointing, it was real. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it was true. Yes, it had to be dealt with. But meanwhile, I didn't realize that my family was still being kept safe in the midst of what I'm going through. Meanwhile, I didn't realize that I still had my mind and the devil wanted to take my mind, but God wouldn't allow me to lose my mind. I did not realize that even though I was being hurt by what I was going through I kept pressing my way to church and I kept going on the lies and that's the reason that even though the enemy came to attack me he wasn't able to destroy me but I had my head dumped here in this uh, sea of disappointment and so I was missing out on everything good that God was doing in my life. You ask me how I'm doing, my only response is my disappointment. You ask me how I'm feeling and everything I'm feeling, I'm about to give you a mouthful based off of my disappointment because I don't know, I feel helpless, I feel hopeless, I, I, I'm getting depressed and I feel defeated. Why? Because my head has been dumped in a sea of disappointment. But when I decide to look up, that's why I love the scripture, and, and you guys can stay where you are. I love the scripture about look to the hills, hallelujah, from whence cometh my help. Because when I'm looking down here, I don't see God. <laughs> when I'm looking down here, I, I, I don't see, you know, any hope. And I, but, but when I look to the hills, yes, the disappointment is still there. But 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 so is God, and I realize that God, you were there all along, and God, you were there all the time, and God, you never left me, and God, you never forsaken me, and God, goodness and mercy still was following me, even in my dark place, even in my season of of, of shame and and disappointment, God, and I'm sorry, Lord, because I didn't lift head up out of my disappointment enough to see that goodness was all around me. And so, and so, and so, what we have to do is we have to, we have to take a moment to force our heads out of our disappointments because when we bury our heads in our disappointments, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to experience the side effects of Thanksgiving. Anybody know that there are side effects of Thanksgiving that once you begin to open up your mouth and once you begin to lift your hands and once you put something on your mind that God has done instead of what you think he hasn't done, there's some side effects to that thing. You start feeling a little better and, and you start feeling your help coming and you, you start feeling joy unspeakable and you start feeling peace that passes all understanding because it don't make no sense with what I'm disappointed about but for some reason I feel all right somebody ought to help me preach this thing this morning I'm here to tell you today that you have got to get your head out of the bucket 
bucket of disappointment and you've got to lift up your head the bible says lift up your head all ye gates and be lifted up the everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in they say who is this king of glory he's the lord of hosts he's the lord strong and mighty he's the lord mighty in battle he's the king of glory yeah somebody lift up your head right now and begin to think about the goodness of jesus and all that he's done for you i don't know about you but when i think about him my heart cries hallelujah 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 yeah 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 listen i'm here to tell you that you've got something to be thankful for i'm here to tell you that you've got something to be thankful for and no you may not have everything that you want but can somebody take a moment to thank god for everything that you need he's a needs meeting god i may not have this and i may not have that but for everything else that you bless me with I'll come into your presence with thanksgiving. I'll enter your courts with praise and I'll be thankful unto you. And I'll bless your name for when I lift up my head, I see that Lord, you have been good. Your mercy has been everlasting and your truth has endured all generations. Somebody give him a praise. Somebody take your mind off of your disappointments and put your mind on your God. Come on, let's make him bigger. Let's magnify him. David said, let's magnify Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord. David said, I had my disappointments. David said, I was discouraged. David said, I was defeated. But I sought the Lord. And he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears somebody give the deliverer a delivering praise we're not focusing on our disappointments this week we're focusing on our deliverer I'm gonna say that again this week I want you to make a conscientious decision that I'm not focusing on my disappointments this week I'm focusing on my deliverer Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. I need my, my goodness folk back up here. You can come up here praising. You can come up here praising. And go ahead and, and let's let's see what's on your back again as I close. This is a reminder, a visual reminder for you that this week we will be intentional in not digging our heads here in a way that we can't see this here. Oh, I, I can just imagine God. And his heartbreaking that 
and of all the ways that he's making. And out of all of the provisions and out of all of the reasons that he's given you to never lose trust in him, that we don't see any of it for burying our heads in our disappointment. No, not any longer. Not this week. No, not next week or the weeks to come. Because we're using our weapon of thanksgiving. And so when my head is dumped in disappointment, my heart is held hostage, blinding me of God's goodness that surrounds me. And so I say to you in closing, in everything, <laughs> not for everything, but in everything, even the thing that you have found yourself in now, even if you found yourself in it again, we've given tools and we'll give tools for that. But, but aside from all of that, the thing that is consistent has been God. God has been God all along. Your situations have changed. Your, your disappointments have changed. Your triggers may even have changed. But God has been God all along. God has remained the same, and he will. He can't do anything, but he's the same God today, yesterday, forevermore. Same God. Same God. Same God. Whew, same God. Thank you for being forever the same, unchanging. And so since you're unchanging, God, I'm going to be unchanging in my attitude toward you. Since you're unchanging, God, I'm going to be unchanging in my heart's posture toward you. I'm going to decide, just like you've decided to love me in spite of me, I'm deciding to have a heart of thanksgiving toward you in spite of what I think you may or may not be doing. <laughs> I've decided to focus on the things that I do have to be thankful for to help lift me out of the things that I'm disappointed about. <laughs> Thanksgiving, antidote to disappointment, and we'll find it to be our greatest weapon. Because the devil is a liar and God is exalted. <laughs> You'll never be defeated. You'll never be defeated. Woo, somebody ought to encourage yourself. The devil, he's a liar. He would love your head here. But God is exalted. Yeah, Lord. You'll never be defeated. <laughs> You'll never be defeated. Come on. Yeah. Amen. We hope that you were blessed by this word today on dealing with disappointment part two. Uh, we don't want to end and think that everybody who's watching is saved and knows the Lord uh, and knows Jesus as their Savior. And so if you're here and you're watching and you're not sure of your soul's salvation, I would like to let you know that God indeed desires to be your Father. Not just your Creator. He wants to be your Father. And he becomes your father when you accept him as your father. 
as your Lord. And so if you want to go from just being a creation of God to a son and a daughter of God, and you're saying, I, I want to be saved. I, I, I want to be a part of this family of God. I want for all of this good word to apply to my life. I want to be a recipient of God's love and his goodness in this way. The good news is that you can make that happen today. The scripture says in Romans, all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you will be saved. And so we'll give you this opportunity right now if you pray this prayer and repeat after me and you pray it with your heart, meaning that you're not just saying it, but you believe it, then that means that you become saved. We've experienced salvation even last week through this means. And so we will continue as long as we are operating in this way. We will continue to offer Christ to you in this way. And so if that's you, pray this prayer after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that you are not just my creator, but that you are my savior. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins so that I can have life and life more abundantly. I believe that he is now seated at your right hand, interceding on my behalf. I am the saved of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Congratulations. If you prayed that prayer, then you are a part of the family of God. You are saved. And so if you prayed that prayer for the first time, uh, or if you're rededicating your life or what have you, make sure you type in the comment section, I am saved. All right? Um, I do have a second appeal, though, because God desires for us to be in relationship with him, but he also desires for us to be in fellowship with our brothers and sisters. He has called this five-fold ministry office of pastor because he wants you to have one. And so if you're out there and you're watching and you're saying, you know what, I, I need that in my life. You do. You need a pastor to speak into your life who has his ear to heaven on your behalf. You need brothers and sisters to do this thing with. You need a body of believers within the body of Christ. And so if you're saying, I want to become a part of the Wapsie family, I want to become a part of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center, all you have to do is type, I'm part of the family, and it's official, you're in. <laughs> and so if that's you, take the moment right now and type, I'm part of the family, and we will welcome you in accordingly. Amen? Bless God. He's so good.